Okay, we are on page number 14, and on this data set, we're going to look at the child's need. We are then going to take a look at an appropriate lesson for the student, meaning that we will have to identify, obviously, a strategy and materials and steps, and then identify a benefit. Now what's nice about this data set is that it's really easy. The question of course is how you're going to get the six sentences that you must have in order to describe the need even though, the, the, even though this is a very simple data set to analyze. When we look at the substitutions for example, can cat, saw sat, man mat, man mat again, hand hat, hand hat, ram, rat, etc., and can cat right here, and it looks like everything is about the same, except for the pam pat uh, down below. Obviously the problem is with the at rhyme. The question will be, how can you squeeze six sentences out of something so simple? Well, the first thing that you can do that's always easy after identifying the problem is the at rhyme, or the word family at, or however you wish to, to phrase it, is to give examples. Put in the example words, for example, of the substitution of can, cat, saw, sat, and note that the child is substituting maybe an and family, for example, or a sight word for sat uh, would be uh, a good idea. Now how else can you handle this? Well, another way to handle this is not just with the obvious, I'm sure your eyes rolled and you saw, well, duh, I would put in examples, is to discuss the queuing systems. What kinds of cues were used when the child made these errors? For example, let's look in particular at the man-mat substitution right here. Remember that there are three cueing systems. There is the meaning, the syntactic, and the visual. This should have been taught to you last semester. If it wasn't, then I need to go over it in, in class with you. When you read what the child read as the can saw on a man, looking at this particular error, man, mat, this substitution, or this miscue, you have to ask yourself, did the child substitute man for mat because it meant the same thing? And the answer is no. So the child wasn't really me reading with meaning in mind. How about with grammar? Even though the child substituted something incorrect, man, mat, are they still both nouns? And the answer is yes. So as at least the child didn't substitute an adverb or the child didn't substitute an adjective, there is some um, consistency in the child's use of cues in that they at least picked an, a, a noun to substitute for another noun. Visually, do they look the same? Yes, they do. These three elements, meaning, syntax, and visual, then, could be used in your first paragraph essay to describe the nature of the error. Keep in mind that Rika really doesn't care that the child was not using meaning or that the child was using grammar. They're really most concerned with the visual, the print information, because clearly they would argue this child has a decoding problem. The decoding problem is simple. He's not decoding or paying attention to at family words, and you'd have to just drill and kill the at family words. The lesson plan is so easy because it would be making words. Making words is really appropriate for you know just about anything where there's a word to be made with an onset or a rhyme. 
where, for example, you can put a C on an index card and an add on an index card and uh, describe the five steps that we have been discussing for some time now and then state a benefit. And that benefit should include the senses and skills used in the lesson plan. The visual, for example, like see, say, manipulate, and decode would all be good candidates for uh, your lesson plan. I do want you to write this one up, and it's really quite easy to do, because you can pretty much base it on Derek. This, remember, is the Derek essay right here, and it's already been analyzed in a separate um, shot. Let me just put the um, uh, next data set up uh, for you. On this next data set, really you have quite a bit of latitude. I'm on page 16 now. Sorry if that was a little bit of abrupt. But turn to page number 16 and you can see a wide range of errors. And once again, when I begin these data sets, the first place I would start would be with the question. And the question says two important reading limitations in this child's reading inventory. We have to do a lesson plan and then explain a benefit. Well, we have a number of different options in here for uh, decoding. For example, there is an SH digraph problem in the onset position. You can see where it says consonant cluster right here. In Friar for far, this is a, well, this ire right here. You could treat that as a diphthong if you wanted to. Also, the child reduced this FR beginning right here. And so this is a uh, consonant blend. So, so far, we have a, an issue with a digraph. We have an issue with a blend. Paint pant. This is a vowel digraph that the child is having uh, problems with. Each ick. This is a vowel digraph in the beginning. Um, I mistakenly put it under the consonant cluster column, which is completely stupid, but I think you can figure it out. And then we have another uh, consonant digraph problem right here. Blame bane. This is obviously a blend problem. Uh, Royal Ryan there is a problem with a diphthong or a triphthong, however you want to put it. Now this is a vowel blend. Don't call that a vowel diagraph. It is not. It is a vowel blend. Cheese keys, you can see quite clearly that we have another consonant diagraph and we have a vowel diagraph right here. Greet get. Well, once again we have a blend problem and here we have a vowel diagraph. And then down below, boy spike, this is clearly a vowel blend, a diphthong. The way that I would state the two needs in this one, I think I would divide it up into two different kinds of letter combinations. We would have blends, for example, as one of our needs, and digraphs as another one of our needs. Now watch this carefully. I would have both consonant and vowel blends for my examples under the blend category. Underneath the digraph category, I would, always, I would have the consonant digraphs and the vowel digraphs. <clears throat> so that they can see that you clearly understand the two different types of, uh, of letter uh, combinations. <clears throat> and those letter combinations can be found in both consonant and vowel teams, absolutely. Well, one lesson plan for this, my goodness, it's making words. There, there can't be anything easier than that. I mean, I'll just scribble it right in here. Make words. 
And you can make words by attacking these digraph patterns that the child was having problems with. For example, SH on an index card. This would be for working on digraphs in onset position. And you could have um, a simple word family to pair it with. If you don't want to do digraphs in onset position, by all means, go ahead and start to do some blends. You can have BL, for example, and ink, blink, blank, etc. Any one of those things will work. And the lesson plan's benefit is really simple. I mean, it's nothing more than, um, what is it again? Oh, yes, see, say, and manipulate. Aha. And decode. See, say, manipulate, and decode. So that takes care of that lesson. Let's turn the page to 17. On page number 17, this is just yet another redundancy. I think it would be a good idea for you to uh, see how fast you can do this one. I mean, once again, it's a blend problem. We have a little sight word problem right here. That's true. But we have another blend. We have another blend, blend, digraph, blend, digraph, blend. My goodness, I don't think I need to go on. Um, Follow the Derek essay for this and pick your favorite combination, either a uh, blend in onset position or a digraph in onset position. Notice in the ship's shrimp right here, look carefully at this SHR combination before we, we move on. The SH is a digraph, but the minute that you introduce, that says SH right here, the minute that you introduce this er sound, another consonant sound, it's a, actually a blend. So this digraph-consonant combination right here actually adds up to a blend, not just a digraph. If it ended at just a SH as it did here, ships, that is certainly a digraph. But the minute that you do sure, that is a blend combination. So just pay attention to that if you would. All right. Oops, scrolled a little too far. Go to page 18, please, the Jonathan essay. Now, sometimes they try to ruin your day uh, just a little bit. And this lesson plan is not going to follow the making words lesson since it is a sight word lesson. And I'll show you how to write that up in a, in a moment. If I scroll down uh, a little bit to the question, be sure that you're always reading the questions, please, because otherwise you'll make uh, mistakes. You have to find one strength. You have to find one weakness. So when you go through these uh, errors that you see in his reading, notice that we have some substitutions that are quite accurate. For example, some mer. For example, mountain. For example, shoe box. For example, all our ants. So everything that's circled then, you can see that the child does have one strength, which is a syllabication strategy. And that syllabication strategy is to attempt to sound out all the words. Note, too, that some of these polysyllabic words are just, you know, your straightforward, simple polysyllabic words, while others are compounds. Compound words can also be polysyllabic. Newspaper down toward the bottom, for example, and someday, for example. You can consider those compound for sure. Now, as far as the weaknesses go, the weaknesses are so obvious. Let me use a box for that. When we have went and what and were and where, I'm right here for went. I'm right here for where. We have though and through right here. 
We also have can and could, and that's just about enough of that. You can see that the sight words are a, a hang-up for him, and the only thing that you can do that's appropriate for his need, which is sight words, is a sight word lesson. So let me show you how to do a sight word lesson right now. And it's convenient that I have spelling lesson at the top, which is completely, completely stupid. Sorry about that. All right, Jonathan's uh, sight word lesson. You don't have this. You're going to have to write it out your darn self. Let me show you how I would write up his essay. Now, they asked me for a strength and a need. You could just do both of them in one paragraph, but I would advocate dividing them up so that these people can see that you did give them the, the, the strength that they wanted and that you did give them the need that they wanted. Now, look at how I write this up. Let me highlight the uh, whole thing, and then I'll highlight it in blue for you. One word recognition strength is that Jonathan has some control of syllabication as a decoding strategy. He syllabicates summer into summer, mountain into mountain, and allowance into all our ants. You might want to note in there that the child is doing this primarily with closed syllable words. And um, you could also mention, if you wanted to flesh that out just a little bit, with you know, just with a little effort, perhaps with choral reading, you could get him fluent. Maybe that's not so essential, but you certainly could include it. The critical part of this essay, of course, is the fact that John has problems with sight words. One area of need is with common sight words. John frequently substitutes visually similar sight words like went for what, though for through, and will for would. This is a very serious need and would have to be addressed first. Well, it would help if I qualified why that's a serious need. And the reason that it is a serious need is that it hinders his fluency. That's the problem. We have to get these kids the flu, remember. And unless we have them recognizing sight words quickly and easily, they're not going to get the flu. My strategy, begin by focusing on common sight words. You may wish to list them out in here. That might help. Now look at how I do a sight word lesson. It's really quite simple. We're going to have three things we will have set one index cards with the features of the sight words highlighted or exaggerated, something so that they will stick in the mind of the child. And you can see where I'm highlighting in blue how I would be emphasizing portions of those sight words so that the child can see them. In set two, we'll have sight words that have no highlights at all because we want to see if this child can read, or pardon me, <laughs> read, if the child can recognize these sight words without any prompting whatsoever. The last thing that we'll have is sight word text, which is simply what could go through there. And you can certainly just pull a sentence out of his uh, reading, uh, out of the passage that he was uh, attempting to decode to see if he can do it. The lesson plan follows the standard model that you and I have been working with, which includes teacher modeling, guided practice, and then some kind of independent practice at the end. So let's see how and what kinds of verbs I'm using in here. Well, first we display set one for the child. Two, we point out features of the word by reading the words to him and pointing out their memorable portions. For example, the WH and what and the COU and could. This is still primarily teacher modeling. Three and four are mostly guided practice. Have John try to recognize each sight word from set one by memory when he sees them and reteach any unknown words. 
You said two words, words with no stimulus, and have John sort the words into known and unknown piles, reteach any unknown words, and then have him read sight word text independently. I mean, this is really nothing more difficult than that. You may wish to draw some of the sight words that you will be working with, <clears throat> and perhaps even show the piles of words that uh, would have been, been sorted. The benefit of a sight word activity is this. Look, I named the activity, this sight word activity will help John automatically recognize these types of words. I would be straightforward and say sight words because he's been taught to memorize them by focusing on distinguishing features and to learn them through repetition and within the context of reading sight word text. To sum up, a, an activity that is multisensory that uses visual cues to peg things to his memory is a great type of sight word activity. In addition, a sight word that you, activity that uses memor, memorization and repetition is also very good. Finally, one that is, will use sorting and sight word text as the means of moving toward independent practice is something that they want to see. So let me clear all the stuff off of the screen and then I'll put it up for about three seconds so you can pause and copy. So here's the beginning of the essay. And you can pause now. And finally, here's the end of his essay. So you can pause it now and copy it. Let's go to page 20 now and learn how to get through the spelling data quickly and, and effectively along with the type of lesson plan that I would um, do. Now remember that you have four categories for spelling. There is what we call pre-phonetic. I'm just going to write out pre because I have limited space and patience. Pre-phonetic, phonetic, transitional, and conventional. Prephonetic, remember, is the scribble stage where they might draw you something that you've asked them to spell. If that can word, for example, were bread, the child may just scribble you some bread. If they happen to give you some random symbols, like the number one, a triangle, and a happy face, then uh, this is a little bit more advanced than just pure scribbling because the child understands that there's some symbolic nature to the language and it does show some progress even though it's completely psychotic I guess. Uh, the phonetic stage, this is spelling by dominant sound perhaps the initial sound of bread or the initial two sounds of bread or all of the dominant sounds in bread or even very late phonetic spelling of B-R-E-D, clearly phonetic, because it's by the sounds that they hear in the word. This certainly shows more progress than pre-phonetic spelling, but it is not as advanced as transitional spelling. And transitional spelling is quite simple. Transitional spelling is spelling by pattern, where they attempt a pattern but mess it up. For example, B-R-A-D-E would be an example of a transitional spelling, and so would B-R. A-E-D. That would also be a transitional spelling. Well, if you get spelling data on the test, you'll have to describe the student's current level of spelling. To do so, you have to read each of the words and decide what the complexity is. So let's start up here 
with the target word. I'll highlight that for you uh, here. When we look at snow, snow has actually two complexities. There is a blend in the initial position of the word, and there is a word family, a long O, rhyme. In cake, there is a hard sound at the beginning, and there is a silent E at the end. Slow, there is a blend in initial position, that is uh, SL. We try to get that right, sorry, I was going to write out blend, and I changed my mind. SL, for example, and OW. Kite has a hard sound at the beginning of it. Silent E at the end. Blow, for example, has a blend in onset position, a long O in rhyme position. Quick is clearly a sight word because it's really hard to sound out. There's so much going on in it. Uh, some, too, is a sight word because if it followed the silent E rule, it would be pronounced some, but it isn't, so it's a sight word. When we look at what the child is able to do in snow cake, slow kite, blow quick, and some, you could certainly describe the strengths that the child has, and that is encoding, for example, blends an onset position, encoding hard k sounds, encoding blends, encoding hard sounds, encoding blends. And for quick and some, really, that's just pure phonetic level stuff. Let's start at the bottom with some. This is a phonetic spelling. It is not transitional. There's really no pattern to be spelled in the first place. And in order for this to be a transitional spelling, maybe, he would have had to have stuck the silent E at the end. He didn't, so it's all by dominant sound. And the same is true for quick. Now the errors in blow, kite, slow, cake, and snow, I'm reading those in reverse, are clearly transitional. The child, for example, is overgeneralizing OE to a number of these words to blow, for example, to slow, for example, and snow, for example. And then here, the child is um, just not performing very well with silent E. It is an attempt at the silent E pattern, so we wouldn't call that phonetic, because the child isn't trying to write for kite. Uh, right here, I've drawn the arrow. He's not trying to write ka-e-it or something like that, nor in cake is it ka-ek. It is an attempt at a pattern, but a failed attempt. To adequately describe these spellings, then, I think it's plain that we have some phonetic and we have some transitional. And the phonetic spellings are clearly sight words. The transitional spellings are clearly based on two different types of words, O-W and silent E. Now, when I show you the answer in a moment, all I did is described the weaknesses, his misspellings of the sight words, his misspellings of the OW rhyme and the um, silent E. You could say if you wanted to add and really do a, a bang up job on here is that he does have some conventional encoding for blend patterns and for hard sounds. You certainly could do that with the exception of course of the sight word down below quick. He's just got a mess going on there. I didn't do this however if you want to really strive and try to um, really get this stuff, go ahead. If you just want to cheat, and not cheat, if you just want to do it the easy way, then just do it as you'll see in a moment. And what you see on your screen now is the uh, solution, the answer. It's not perfect. There are some issues in here that I need to uh, to resolve. There's, there's nothing major. My opening is okay. I say, for example, let me highlight it as I read it. The student spelling assessment revealed that she is at the phonetic stage of spelling when she spells 
the words quicken some kwk and sum the assessment also revealed that the student is at the transitional level when she spells ow in silent e words for example she spelled blow for blow snow for snow cake for cake and kite for kite begin by focusing on encoding silent e words cake kite etc now i just do a making words activity that's it i say that we're going to use a set of cards with the words mat rat and kit written on them we'll have a separate note card with the letter e written on it we'll have a whiteboard and a pen and a pocket chart i elected to do silent e so you can see how to do making words with silent e just in case you get stuck with it and it's just a matter of you have mat and mate you pair them together to make the long vowel. The only minor difference between this making words activity and the others is that you have to teach a rule. First we display the note card with the word mat for the student on a pocket chart. We add the note card with the letter E behind the word mat to make the word mate. Notice I put it in front of here which would have made it emat which is totally stupid. So be sure you put behind right there when you rewrite it. Teach the rule that the silent E makes the vowel say its name is in mate. Add the note card with the letter E to the other words like rat and kit and have the student read each new word aloud. Have the student write the new words on the whiteboard, mate, rate, kite, and ever read each word aloud. This last sentence is overkill, so I'm going to scribble through it. I was going to have the child uh, write the word cake to try to apply the rule of step six, but my God, just keep it at step five. Clearly, we have teacher modeling. Clearly, we have guided. Clearly, we have independent. And there's really nothing much more to it than that. And the benefit is really straightforward. First, we name the activity. It's a silent E word-making activity that will help the student transition from the transitional spelling stage to the conventional spelling stage for silent E words because look at what we did. We taught a rule. We asked the child to apply it by seeing, saying, and writing silent E words. Done. All right, I'll pause this uh, before making some uh, summary comments, and then you can write it up. And um, to summarize, I'll simply say that for spelling data and spelling lessons, make sure that you have them spelling. I know it sounds like it's obvious, but um, I don't want you to forget and accidentally in step number five throw in some kind of decodable text. So go ahead and pause this now so you can get down my version of the uh, needs the lesson plan and I'll scroll up uh, to for the benefit and be sure that you get rid of step six it's pretty useless all right thanks gotta go Bye.